Welcome listeners to Creators and COVID, a podcast where I talk to creatives about their experiences coping with the coronavirus pandemic. Whether you started a new business and made something incredible or barely managed to survive with your sanity, we want to normalize those stories and create an archive so that the future can look back at our experiences and learn about the many forms coping and surviving take on in a global crisis. Today's episode comes from the Windy City, one of the many places rocked by the COVID-19 outbreak and the police reform protests. The Black community suffered the most harm in Chicago from the virus and from the protest crackdowns. Aisha Allen is one of those Chicagoans. Aisha is the writer and editor-in-chief of the mag Real Mamas. She is also a filmmaker, a mentor, a mom, and a military wife. That's a lot. Aisha has the stress of daily life to deal with, and then the pandemic hit. At that point, stopping to cope with any emotions meant crashing in a way that she refused to consider. In fact, that busy life became a way for Aisha to channel her rage at the injustices she personally experienced and those she witnessed happening to those around her. To keep it all from slowing her down, Aisha applied her craft, and this helped her process everything. Did I mention that she gave birth while shooting a short film? before the vaccine was available? Amazons are real, folks. They are. Join us as we discuss a creator coping with rage and frustration by leaning into her craft. The result is a short film on YouTube about a mother's son still suffering due to racial injustice. Aisha also has the cutest baby boy who sometimes tries to help mama tell her truth. You may hear him and more of our conversation together on Creators and COVID, Episode 4, Creating Emotions. And you had a baby, you made a film, still had the uh, Real Mamas going, still had the the group going with um, people who are just interested in film in Chicago, women, right? Um, First of all, how did you do all that in a pandemic? Oh, it's it's definitely been a crazy time. Um, and, you know, for, you know, my dad was sick in the early part of the pandemic back in March. So from March through June, um, we were really focused on, you know, his recovery and everything. And, um, you know, it's just been a really crazy time. I was working on a um, documentary about um, my younger brother. Mm. And I had to kind of step back from that because mm. it was kind of getting to be yeah. a little overwhelming when you're, you know, when you're a documentarian and you're in the story and you're trying to tell it at the same time, it just mm. gets, it, it can get really hectic. Um, so I had to kind of step, step aside. And um, between then and now, I've, I've just been working on different, uh, different projects and things like that. And, um working on real mamas and rebranding mm-hmm. um and the past so back in February I started working with um Mary Jordan on a documentary um about her nephew his name is Derek Jordan and um his story is really um uh, really tragic because he um he was arrested at the age of 15 and he was um, questioned without a guardian present. They really just took the criminal justice system in Illinois, the police officers, they really just took advantage of him. And um, they questioned him without an adult. 
they ended up convicting him mm. and he was sentenced to 86 years wow. in prison for um, a crime that he did not commit. Oh. And so um, this has really been a passion project um, because I have four boys and you know, it's it's a haunting story because this could happen to anybody. You know, this could ha- happen to any of um, our black children, our black and brown children. And, you know, we just need to bring awareness to this story um, because Derek is still incarcerated. He's um, he served over 28 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he'll be celebrating a birthday soon. And, you know, it's just it's just, um, it's crazy, you know, that this could just, this could happen to anyone. And so um, it was really important for me to tell this story and be involved in this because um, Derek wrote, he wrote it himself. Um, it's a documentary, but he wrote his, his um, what he had to say about his case. He wrote it himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just, he really, this is his first time sharing his story publicly. This is his first time getting a chance to tell his side of the story. And so um, it's, it's a very powerful piece. It's um, right now it's on YouTube. And yeah, that's, that's um, what, I, what I've been working on. That's been my main focus. Wow. Wow. What, what's it called so I can tell people? A Child in Prison. It's um, directed by me and um, produced by Mary Jordan. I think I might have. I think it was. Um, does Mary Jordan um, is she part of the? Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, it'll come to me later. Um, but I think I, I might have done a story that she might have been a part of because her name sounds familiar. Um, not just because of you know in the news, but I think I may have inter- uh, interviewed her. But um, these are important stories. Yeah. I was, but that you're you're tackling um even the one about your brother um and you're tackling this um how was it directing the story and putting it together while you know the baby while you were carrying a baby I mean so it was it was challenging like I didn't know <laughs> if I could do it because um I was at that time and back in February I was a six seven months pregnant mm. and um so I'm like okay I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this but you know I just felt a pull like you know you you get those stories sometimes and you just feel that pull that tug on your yep. heart like it has this story has to be told and um so I started working on it um with Mary Jordan and um she really has been instrumental in and like really getting getting us through the process and really like uh, pushing us both over the finish line. And, um, you know, we recorded, I think we might've recorded um, the audio um, parts of the story, like maybe the week before I delivered. And so, yes, the week before I delivered. So I felt felt like I was pregnant with this story too. You know, (laughs) I like that. I love that. I love that. Carrying two babies, twins. Yes. Yes. So, um, and then, you know, probably about six or seven weeks after, um, my son was born, um, picked it back up, started, um, just editing and putting everything together. And, um, I really enjoyed the editing process and, um, 
you know, it just came together. We finished it um, in August. And so it's, it's really been coming together. I, I love that. I love that. Um, how did the, the pandemic and, and did some of those protocols come into effect while you were filming or were you able, guys able to, how were you able to deal with that? So my, um, my oldest son was my production assistant. Oh, how old? How old? <laughs> He's 12 years old. He's 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And he got paid. Oh. And, <laughs> and so we um we had a really good time on set. We wore our masks, um, of course, and you know, took safety precautions, had our hand sanitizers, took masks, tested, um, and you know, just trying to protect, you know, our subjects, of course. Um, and it was definitely um I was a little nervous because this is my first, you know, venture into filmmaking since COVID started. So, um, you know, it was a a pretty smooth process because we did our audio in pretty much one meeting. Well, maybe two meetings because I had to capture his audio, too. And then um, our audio recording um, of the family story. We did that in one meeting. So um, it wasn't too... um, too intense. Um, I got a lot of B-roll footage in the community, um, in the Roseland area mm-hmm. and, um, a lot of pictures and archival, uh, footage I collected. So it wasn't too, um, intense on the production side of things. Okay. Okay. Um, and then shooting, I, I imagine you had to like coordinate with the prison system to get in there and shoot his side or get the audio. How were, how was that? work because cook county is not mm. yes um so this is interesting because we actually bypassed all that it's, it's kind of like a little gorilla filmmaking uh, audio making um because what i did was i recorded him over the phone okay that, that's how he told his story i recorded him over the phone um so we didn't go through the um the Illinois Department of Corrections Mm -hmm. that probably it would have probably taken a while um but we did it this way and it was pretty successful that's good because I I mean when when I when you said you you, that he was still incarcerated I'm like oh she had to go through that system and I know that system is not friendly especially to people like us even if you are a filmmaker um you probably still be waiting on some permits or whatever they want to do yeah That's good. Guerrilla filmmaking. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So um, looking back to, so you started in February this year, 2021 with a film, but in, in 2020, um, when you were going through everything with your family um, before that you were um, film critic, we met at Sundance. That was like, that was like one of your real mamas. Was that one of your first like going away? Yes, it was our first major, major trip um, to cover a film festival with Sundance. Um, Before then, we had covered a lot of uh, local events and local um, film festivals. But yeah, Sundance was our our first major. And then the lockdown. (laughs) And then your family. um, Coming out of that, you know, how was that for you? And then um, what did that do to you and your work? afterward um yeah it was crazy because you know I had this wonderful and amazing plan um going into 2020 about how our um how our company would 
cover all these different film festivals, starting with Sundance would be the kickoff for the year. And then we would go to South by Southwest and, and cover all these amazing film festivals. And we were going to be traveling. And lo and behold, March 13th, everything shuts down. And my kids are out of school. So now I'm, you know, we're doing virtual learning for, uh, I had two school age kids at the time. And then I had a a two-year-old at that time. And so I'm having to manage everything and figure it out. And my dad gets sick. And so now I'm having, you know, we're checking on him and, and making sure, you know, he's okay because he, um, almost passed away and you know so I'm juggling all of this and um you know on top of also being a filmmaker also being a military wife and it was it was hectic it was crazy and it got to a point where I couldn't really create because I was so busy trying to survive and so um I did have some some interns um last well, summer 2020, and we did a remote internship, and um, it was really cool. Um, had some really great writers in that group, um, but my creative juices didn't really start flowing again. Maybe until maybe the end of the year, the end of the year um, in 2020, and so um, 2021, um, I started writing a book um, called "The Diary of a Real Mama." And it's a memoir. Love it. And, and so I have like a first draft of that right now. And and then I'm, of course, working. I worked on this short film, A Child in Prison. Um, so I have a lot of different um, projects going on and different ideas. And I'm kind of things are starting to get a little back to normal. You know, this past summer, especially things are starting to get back to normal. Or as close as they can get. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, normal. I'll say that. Yeah. I remember last summer, I remember uh, summer 2021 because I worked with you with the internship and it was just wild trying to do everything and just being exhausted yes. just from all the news and, and tired. So um, yeah, I remember, the, I remember all that and how you rebounded though in de- by December. <laughs> it was a lot. It was definitely a lot going yeah. on. Collectively for everyone, it was just a lot. Yeah, and you you come out of it with a film, a short film, short film. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and a memoir, and you have it drafted. You say? Yes, I have my first draft. Okay, so I got I got I okay, so after this, I got a um I got a place where you can send it. I know Ooh. somebody. Yes. Um. So, um, you what is your takeaway from this what is something that you learned that maybe you know you want to pass along to people who are going to be listening to this like years from now looking back on COVID as a historic event um I would say one thing I think the most important thing I learned about COVID was like getting getting my priorities straight um because a lot of times you know I was definitely um career driven but like sometimes you have to have that you have to have everything in order and I didn't have everything in order and I feel like COVID helped me put things back into perspective you know when you almost lose your father or you know you're losing close loved ones you know it just 
it just causes you to reflect on, you know, what's truly important in life. Um, so my whole thing is balance, you know, having balance, um, you know, and having that, that order in your life, you know, and um, just having your, having your priorities straight and um, just, just taking the time to, you know, enjoy everything and live in the moment too, you know, because COVID, COVID kind of gave me that, that time to really like reflect and, and live in the moment as well and appreciate the people around me. Um, you know, I was at, you know, at home with the kids for a long time. And I'm like, you know, this is actually a really precious time because they won't always be this age. You know, one day they'll be grown men, you know, Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I really, from what I've, I've taken from COVID, I, I'll say balance, the importance of having balance in, in my life. So, um, I would encourage everybody to find that balance. I love that. I love that. Um, cause it really did force us to slow down, to yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah, it did. So, uh, how's your dad and how's your brother without getting too far? I know you didn't want to get too far into his story, but how are they both doing? Sure. Um, my dad is doing good. Good. Um, he's he's recovered and um, he's doing really good. Um, we actually went to um, my niece's wedding a few months ago, and he stepped his butt off. He, <laughs> for those who don't know, stepping is a big Chicago thing. I think it's Midwest, but it's um, a Chicago style of dancing. And my dad, before he got sick, he's a big time stepper, and so it was great to see him stepping. Um, out in public and at the wedding for the first time since the pandemic um, started. So he's doing good. And um, my little brother, um, he's not little. He's actually 29, but he's doing good too. He's doing good. That's good. That's good. I love this. I, I love all, all the projects that you've got in the air. Creators in COVID is brought to you by Vero. Vero is a social network designed for connection, not engagement. I love it because it's a place for creators to be free from the algorithm and where episodes of this podcast will drop first 24 hours before anywhere else with a conversation about the episode to follow. That's right. Come to Vero and you get to have a conversation with me, Jenny Davis, and all of my friends and fans over there 24 hours before the rest of the world gets to see it. Download Vero for free from the App Store or Google Play and follow me, Jenny Davis, and share your thoughts and stories. And now on to the show. I wanted to talk to you, Aisha, about healthcare during the pandemic and and actually while you were pregnant you know um one of the, i think one of the things that we need to kind of document a little bit is pregnancy in america i mean being a black woman and being pregnant as you know is is kind of daunting process in in, in itself but what was it like how was it different during covid during the pandemic um it was it was really interesting like um you know I've had the same um, group of doctors for um, my last three pregnancies. 
And, um, you know, they had the COVID protocol. You have to, when you come in for your prenatal appointments, they have to take your temperature and everything. You have to answer a questionnaire. Um, so it was like the doctor's appointments were, you know, COVID protocols pretty much. And, you know, your regular uh, prenatal appointment, except you're wearing a mask and the doctor's wearing a mask and everything like that. As far as like the birthing experience, Experience. It was a challenge this time because, you know, I had to definitely make child care arrangements for my other three children. And, you know, I had to make sure and they were in school doing hybrid learning to two of my children were in school doing hybrid learning at the time. So um, I had to kind of me and my husband had to coordinate um, you know, child care, which we were definitely grateful to have my best friend be able to step in and come and watch them and everything. But we had to be cognizant of that. Like, do we want to keep the kids, you know, out of school for a few days just in case, you know, just so they won't come into contact with anything or be exposed to anything? Um, you know, what do we do if the kids are exposed? You know, we had to have a plan for that if the kids were exposed um, to COVID prior to us going into the hospital, then my husband would have to, you know, stay home with them. Um, so we had to think about things like that. During the birth of my son, um, this is back, back in April, and the birthing experience, you know, COVID protocol, you know, there was definitely a little different um, then last time, you know, everybody wearing masks, you know, the COVID um, uh, questionnaire, you know, having to get your temperature taken. We had to, um, when I went into the hospital and they triaged me, they um, I had to take a COVID test as well. So that was different. But other than that, um, once, you know, my COVID test came back negative, you know, I was good to go. And it was pretty much like kind of like a normal you know, birthing experience, you know, each time is, is different. Um, so, but, um, it was, you know, your normal kind of like birth and hospital experience. Okay. Um, and that they, they were kind of eased up a little bit more when you went, um, back in April, 2021, um, because in 2020 it was, uh, weren't they, they weren't allowing anybody to come with you, were they? It was just you, the, the woman, if you're you you the person having the baby and the person catching the baby and that's it i mean i mean i'm I'm like simplifying it but i um think the covid restrictions were definitely more stricter in 2020 um this was you know april 2021 when i gave birth so you know the vaccines were were out and everything so it wasn't you know, probably nearly as strict as it was before and um i know as far as like the visitation um, back in April, we could only have um, outside of my husband. Uh, we could only have one visitor uh, for the for our duration, the duration of our stay. Oh, wow. So we we actually didn't have any visitors, but um, you know, just that's the rule at that particular hospital. So did they they your, while you were uh, carrying your your baby and filming? Did the doctor? give you any uh, other precautions that you had to take while you were like working with other people with the, um, and making the movie? Um, no, the doctor didn't give me any, um, any precautions or anything, um, that I had to take, but I did take like 
the precautions. I tried to follow the guidelines that the film office gives for, for film crews. And so it was just, our film crew was really small. It was just me and my 11-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And um, he was my production assistant. Yeah, the PA, um, yeah. <laughs> and we actually recorded, we recorded audio. Mm-hmm. And um, we did the recording maybe like about a week, maybe a week and a half before I went into labor. So mm-hmm. imagine me wobbling around and my son, you know, carrying the, the big book bag and everything. He was really, you know, really helpful, um, definitely helpful on set and stuff. And, um, you know, it was really kind of laid back. Um, we, me and my son, we had masks, we had hand sanitizer and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we uh, took, you know, safety precautions and everything. Um, it was really the people that we interviewed um, was, a, was a family, um, Derek Jordan's family, his mother, his brother, um, his aunt and his sister. And so, um, you know, so we interviewed them. It was just, you know, really small. So um, those are pretty much like this the steps that we took, you know, to keep everybody safe. Did you, uh, when you were planning the documentary, did you uh, plan it to keep it small because of the COVID restrictions? Did that have factor into your, your filling plans? Yes, they did. Um, that did factor into um, our filming plans. And we just, we wanted to also, you know, keep costs down too. So um, just, you know, it was just very, um very small, you know, um, mm-hmm. as far as like my B-roll footage and everything, um, I actually, um, shot that probably about, um, six weeks, six to eight weeks, um, after I gave birth. So, um, me and my husband and my kids <laughs> we went mm-hmm. around, around the Roseland community, just, you know, getting shots of different areas mm-hmm. um, that were important to Derek's story. Um, really around 111th street, 111th and state, that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was, it was pretty laid back, you know, just me and the kids and my husband just driving around getting shots and I get out the car here and there and stuff. So. A family affair. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Slow down, get this shot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what lessons did you learn, you know, kind of, doing this I think I might have asked this before but I wanted to to check in with you again about you know filming and COVID filming while pregnant in a pandemic I mean what did you learn and you know how how do you think it's going to affect your future filmmaking endeavors um I I learned a lot um the most important uh takeaway was getting it done and like that you don't have to have all these elaborate, you know, cameras and lenses and, you know, you don't have to have like a million dollar or, you know, half a million dollar budget to get things done. You can get, you can tell a story with what you have, you know, like I had my camera, you know, my, um, my cell phone, um, camera on my cell phone, you know, I had, you know, the, the little apps, that record the voiceovers and, and different things. I had my my um, computer and my Adobe Premiere Pro, you know, and then I had, you know, my ability to research and pull up, you know, different 
different things online. Mm -hmm. Um, So really what I took away from this is just working with what you have. Mm -hmm. Um, My producer, uh, Mary Jordan, who is, um, who is Derek Jordan's aunt. She was really, really instrumental in um, getting, getting us through, you know, this process, you know, and she, I really was able to lean heavily on on her, you Mm -hmm. know, for help. And she was, you know, really, you know, just definitely a great partner um, in this, in this project to have, you know, and she got us both over the finish line. So grateful for her. Um, That's amazing. And so where can we, um, where's the movie going to be? Where can we see it? Um, so it's, so a child in prison, um, it, it's on YouTube right now. Okay. And, um, it's, if you type in, um, in quotation marks, a child in prison, it should pop up. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you can also subscribe to, um, Derek's YouTube page, which is, um, the free Derek Jordan movement. Okay. And, um, in addition to the short film, uh, we're also working on a podcast about, um, his experience and about the criminal justice system as a as a whole. So, mm-hmm. so you're going to be covering more stories. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Because I know Chicago is full of them. Um, um, I mean, not just Chicago, but I but I know that there are a lot of stories um, in that city um, floating around from just my few uh, times covering the stories. So, so yeah, that's going to be good. Um, and, and you're working on that now. That's something that we can look forward to in 2022, 2023, maybe. Yes, yes. So we're um, working. So the the short film is out, A Child in Prison. That's up on YouTube. But we'll, we'll be releasing um, the podcast um, probably early November. We're going to start releasing them mm-hmm. and uh, continue to release them. And um, yeah. Okay. And did uh, filming in the pandemic uh, affect your decision to go podcast next time and not another documentary <laughs> short? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's just I I like you know experimenting with different mediums. Mm-hmm. And, um, podcast is definitely appealing. Um, after this this project, um, because this project was mainly um, audio. Uh, with with visuals as well, but um, we leaned heavily on audio because um, Derek is, uh, as you know, he's still incarcerated. So mm-hmm. um, the audio that we have, I had to record it, his phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the same with the podcast, you know, I just record um, his audio over the phone. So mm-hmm. is there anything else you would like to add to your story before we... Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head, but please check out A Child in Prison on YouTube. Um, I'll have it on my page, uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, my name is Aisha Allen. Um, please check out A Child in Prison. You've been listening to the Creators in COVID podcast. Many thanks to Vero for their partnership in this podcast, to Aisha Allen for sharing her story, and to you for spending your time with us. 
Be sure to check out Aisha's short film and Real Mamas, which are both linked in the podcast description. Come back next week for a new story that you can hear first on the Vero app, where we drop it and discuss it 24 hours before the episode premieres on your favorite podcast platform. We'll see you next week.